Well, hey there, it's Sadie Gustafson-Zuck, the host of the Dear Balladeer podcast. If you are new to Dear Balladeer, this is a podcast where we field your life quandary questions using songs and life insight from the songwriter themselves. On today's episode, we get to speak with none other than Nashville's greatest, Nina DeVitri. Um, Nina is a really good friend of mine and also a wonderful songwriter, piano player, jazzy human person who likes to move their body. And um, yeah, Nina's great. You, you, if you don't know about Nina, you will love her. Um, on this episode specifically, we address questions about being overwhelmed and what kind of things you can do to help ground yourself and maybe prioritize what you're gonna work on. So without further ado, please help me welcome Nina DeVitri. Hi, Nina. <laughs> welcome to the Dear Balladeer podcast. Hi, Sadie. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I guess it's so funny whenever I do these because it's like we've talked for like 30 minutes about how to set up mics, but then we haven't like really been like, hey, Totally. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, October's been a crazy month, but it's almost November. Yeah, it really just kind of went by real quick. It did. It was a whirlwind. How are you? I am pretty good. Yeah, I like the fall. I feel like the fall has overall been making me feel like pretty grounded, pretty like, wow, season's changing. <laughs> I am a season, you know, like <laughs> we are all just we seasons. Are all just seasons changing. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, That's fun. Yeah. So, for people who don't know you, where do you live? Where? What do you? Where? Where are you? <laughs> I am in Nashville. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And where are you from originally? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Nice. I always feel like on podcasts that I, that it's a conversation and I need to be like, and where are you from? <laughs> I know. I guess, somet- <laughs> I guess you're asking the questions here. <laughs> yeah, there are some times when I, I'm like, I feel like I have not answered all these questions and I probably should, but that doesn't have to be today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but you're in Goshen and you were also from Goshen, right? Yes. Yeah. I was born in Portland, Oregon, actually, but I oh, grew up here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good Thanks context. For asking. <laughs> um, so I like to start by asking people what identities are important to them. So I will do that now. What identities are important to you, Nina? Mm. Um, I feel that being a woman is a very important identity to me um i've been been feeling like closer to that identity recently and getting really excited about like researching my cycle and learning about my body and um yeah so that's been fun to really connect with that part of myself um, of course, people who don't identify as women can also have cycles, so that's not 
a purely defining factor, but um, yeah. And being a musician is definitely a big part of my identity. Um, and recently I've been trying to reclaim like being an athlete because <laughs> mm. uh, as a kid I just loved like sports and games of all kinds and so um, and you're really good I'll say as someone who used to be on your oh. intramural soccer team Nina is a great soccer player and a very oh. good cheerleader also wow <laughs> coach you. cheerleader like all of all of the roles oh it was very fun Thank you. Yeah. I sports are like really important to me. <laughs> Playing them, not really watching them, but <laughs> Yeah. I I feel like you're someone who is very like bodily in touch. Like that you try to be like that all of the thing well like when we talk, I feel like things usually have to do with like how it how things affect you like in an embodied kind of way Mm. cool yeah I can see that yeah yeah I guess sorry um no I I guess I do tend to like process experiences through how they impact my body in in some ways and I think like the emotions are very connected to the physical body. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so like, I guess this isn't like an album cycle podcast, but your last album is called What You Feel Is Real. It is. And yes, that's very like, I feel like that plays into that as well in terms of the connections between your feelings and your body too. Yeah, totally. And that makes me think of how... um I did a yoga training when I was like 19 or 20 and it was based around like processing your inner feelings and experiences through the chakras, but also like learning yoga for each chakra. So like the first weekend was the root chakra and you were doing a lot of like floor poses and, um, you know, like for the, um, like the sacral chakra, you're like doing a lot of like creative flow and like moving your hips and stuff. So I feel like that really impacted me. And since doing that training, whether like consciously or subconsciously, um, I like, I do really think about how like different emotions go with different parts of the body. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, let's come back to that because I feel like the question for this week, now I want to know, like, what part of the body is that for? But we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, another question. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Or what did you want to do? Okay, so I really wanted to be an author and illustrator. Oh, um, that would be cute. <laughs> which is funny that we're talking about this now because one of my favorite childhood authors is coming to speak in Nashville on Saturday. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but it's Kate DiCamillo, the Tale okay. of Despero author. Oh, yeah. 
yeah and I just like signed up for it because I got the email on the Nashville Public Library and I was like wow this is like a special part of myself I'm gonna go see Kate speak and she's like a children's author and but her books are like they span uh all ages you know Uh adults enjoy them too so um yeah so I always really loved writing and I also kind of wanted to be an actress when Mm. I was a little kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry maybe singer I don't I I sang all the time I don't really know yeah I forget (laughs) (laughs) I love like those moments when parts of your old identities just like come back to you and you're like oh I can now do this thing that I was like really excited about as a kid or like I'm not thinking of any examples off the top of my head but what you just shared is a prime example of like being like oh I can just like reconnect with this thing because I can't even though I am not yet a children's author illustrator (laughs) yeah Definitely. Like it, I, I got really excited about signing up and was like, should I share this on my Instagram story? Like maybe other people want to go see Kate <laughs> speak. And then I was like, no, nah, I think it's just me. I don't need to share this. <laughs> I mean, you could. I'm for Instagram being like, you know, a place that contains multitudes. <laughs> yeah. A place not just to promote your shows, but also when cool authors come and speak. Yeah, uh, that's it's sweet. T- still time to share it. Maybe I will. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, did you ever like when you were a kid, ma- like write stories and like il- illustrate? Like, did you were you like pract? Were you a practicing yes. author illustrator? <laughs> yes, I was in second grade. That's when I like really was like I am a writer and. I wrote this, well, I I wrote several stories. I had this amazing teacher, Mrs. Romig, who read us a lot of beautiful stories. We would come in from recess after lunch, and she read us, like, the first Narnia book, this really good book called Loretta Mason Potts, Um, and those stories were so inspiring to me, and then she would give us time to write, and I wrote this, like, small novel called the gemstone on the golden chain that I still have um she really encouraged me and liked it and so she sent me with this lady that like helped me type it up and I illustrated it and she like laminated it and it's got like binding and it's sort of a like knockoff of Lord of the Rings (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's the jewelry vibe (laughs) yeah um yeah so I wrote this little you know, second grade novel. I was super proud of it. Um, I have so many books at home, like filled with little fictional stories that I wrote. And some of them are like chapters and chapters. And some of them are like one chapter of this like really detailed moment. And then I like never continued (laughs) it. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. If I find I'm like, what was this? How did I create that character? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you still write stories? So I took a short story class in college and 
that was the first time I had like reconnected with my short story writing since like sixth grade, like middle school hit. And basically my whole identity fell apart because, you know, that's what it does to people. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I lost like all these pieces of myself, I feel, as like a young teen. And one of them was like my love of piano. And one of them was my love of writing stories, which I haven't like fully thought about until now that we're talking about it. Um, But yeah, I wrote like really consistently through like sixth grade and then didn't write stories in middle school and high school because I don't know, I got like super academic and was like essays are very important. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so I didn't really write stories, just wrote like, like, uh, like literature essays. And I wrote a couple short stories in college in that class. And it didn't necessarily like open up some can and like now I write stories again. Um, it was sort of just for the class. But yeah. Do you feel Maybe like sh- your songwriting had like does that come from the same place or is that like something different? That's a great question. I think it's something different. I think recently I, I forget if I've talked to you about this, but like during the pandemic, I got really into TV shows, which I'm like, okay, everyone <laughs> loves TV shows. This isn't something special, but I didn't like have a lot of TV growing up. And so I always sort of like judged it and was like, oh, there's so many better things to do with my time than like watch Netflix. And then I got sucked into these amazing, like, long-form storytelling shows. And it dawned on me that, like, yeah, of course shows are an art form. And, like, I love long-form storytelling. And I've been ignoring that. And, like, not even, like, reading books, like, fiction books. You know, like, I have been reading more, like, nonfiction. Um, So, yeah, I think they're different because my songwriting I feel like I tend to focus on like a feeling that I want people to feel with a song and I kind of go from there like I'm not like a ballad writer that like you're not telling epics in your songs I'm not telling epics in my songs and (laughs) and some people are and (laughs) I've thought I've thought a lot about like what like what am I doing with my songs? Like, am I telling a story? I think the one we're going to talk about today actually is like closer to a story than some of my other songs. Um, But yeah, I do think they're like different art forms for me. Yeah. Cool. Well, glad we talked about this. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Hey, so sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have a sense like, I'm having so much fun. I just want to listen to more of it. And especially with this podcast, because it only comes out once a month, there's like, I don't know, you might be wanting more. So if you are wanting more of this podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe to the Patreon page. Um, Because on Patreon, every month with each episode, we post an extended version with more conversations with our guests and more in-depth talking about music 
business or process kind of things. Um, whereas mo most of this podcast focuses on the question and the song specifically. So we get to dive into some of those things a little bit more on the extended version, which is called the songwriter sessions. So if that sounds interesting to you, I would really encourage you to go over to patreon.com slash And there, in addition to the extra content for Dear Balladeer, I, as a musician, also post unreleased music, special cover videos by your suggestion, things like that. So um, I'd really just love to see you over there. So head on over to patreon.com slash and I'll be waiting for you. Um, well, that seems like a pretty good segue into your song, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Okay, great. So this is Nina DeVitri's song, Being With Myself. Sun crossed the face, she keeps her eyes closed. Arms stretch around, she wiggles her toes. Breathes for a moment, a morning amen. I think I could learn how to say that again. Rinses the sleep till it disappears. Softens her eyes, looks in the mirror. Smiles and straightens herself where she stands. I think I could learn how to do that again. Myself, I know it's hard when I'm not in my body. Being with myself, I know it's hard when I'm not in my heart. Being with myself, I know it's hard when I'm not in my body. Oh, but where to start? by heart Maybe for hours she sings with her pen I know I could learn how to feel that again Memories calling on the way home She heads for the back roads and picks up her phone Listens and practices being a friend
Later she laces her sneakers to run To feel strong in her bones and air in her lungs Her body forgives her for things that she said I know I could learn how to hear that again Be with myself, I know it's hard Dear Balladeer, so many quandaries, hard to choose just one. Most times that is exactly my biggest issue. I let all the stressors pile up and tangle into a giant knotted mountain of interconnected things to do or worry about that feels insurmountable. Can't go over it, can't go around it, can't go through it. I'm super good at avoiding these things and then also super good at letting the masses overwhelm me when when I can't avoid any longer. Makes me feel pretty directionless at times, like I can't see the horizon past this stress mountain and it's hard to visualize where to go and what to work towards next. Sincerely, the letter writer. <laughs> mm. um, so as I was listening to your song, it was making me think that you were kind of just like outlining steps for this person, like of <laughs> things that they could do. <laughs> You know, um, this was one of the singles that came out before my album. And uh, there was this one interview I did where they were like asking what the song was. And I think the words that I used was like, it's like a map for self-care, kind of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like it, it lays out some steps. And by the end, the girl's like, oh, I know what to do. I just did those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, to summarize, like, what are the steps? So, I mean, at least in this song, um, the steps that the character goes through, which uh, you could probably glean from the lyrics but um (laughs) (laughs) um, the first one which is something that I have only more recently been connected to uh I say something about like saying a morning amen um which could be like a spiritual religious thing but also I think is just like a gratitude thing um and being like connected in some way to the present moment and you know it doesn't have to be like praying to God um but for me reconnecting to myself has been easier recently when I like take some of the pressure off of myself and I'm like oh 
there's like some greater power out here that can help me through whatever is happening. Um, so connecting with your spirituality in some way or just like the present moment. Um, the next thing is the like straightening herself where she stands, like getting that confidence back and that like alignment in your body. Um, then she goes on a drive and she goes to write in one of her favorite places, presumably with her guitar. But <laughs> when I was listening this time, I was like, oh, she sings with her pen. That could even be a short yeah, story. I know. know. I, I saw that and or I heard that and was thinking like, ah, oh, yes, the experience <laughs> of an author. <laughs> the, the pen um, is singing. <laughs> <laughs> so like reconnecting with uh, a creative part of yourself that fills you up in a place that lights you up. That's maybe like a private special place. Um, and I like there's actually a music video for the song that didn't come out yet but um it's like in nature at that part like you know you think of going down the back roads and finding like a nice little place to write near a creek or something and nature is very important to me whenever I need to like heal from something or feel closer to myself um and then she calls her friend on the way home and uh, whenever I'm like feeling really distant from myself, I also think I can be a pretty, uh, like a friend that doesn't show up as much. Um, and I think when I am like being the friend that I want to be, it like reflects myself back to me and it just makes my whole life feel better. Um, and uh, the last one is sports. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> you know, getting into your body in a way that's really just for you and that's an important verse for me because I feel like these days a lot of people do sports and working out for like the image of it or like losing weight or something, which is totally fine and can be healthy. And that's great. But um, I was excited about the part of like to feel strong in her bones and air in her lungs. And there's like no other reason for the running but feeling good in her body um and like making peace with herself and apologizing to herself and letting go of things that have hurt her so yeah wow there's so much in here this is great advice I feel like most <laughs> of the songs like when we have a question the songs that we go with like that they relate to the thing but it's hard sometimes to find a song that is like the answer to the thing <laughs> and this song is like really quite the answer in some ways um yeah maybe all right <laughs> go on a run and um do some journaling 
<laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the journaling part is something that I was going to suggest to this person. I'm And I'm sure that, you know, it's easy to know what you should do. And then you're just like, oh, this is just another thing that I should do. Yeah, um, exactly. I think they even say, well, yeah, that they let the stressors pile up. And I'm assuming that that extends to like the shoulds, like things that they know they could do to help with their situation. Absolutely. Um, but it does seem like, at least as far as the song goes, like turning internally, turning inside yourself mm -hmm. is like a good first step to be like, okay, if you have all these things outside that are like stressing you out and like piling up um, and you're like kind of frozen because you're unable to address any of them, then like, yeah, doing these things, like calling a friend, journaling, like just letting some of your feelings out either in words or in writing um, or like, yeah, going around, like getting some of some of that anxiety or pressure like out by like exerting yourself. Totally. Um, seem like that could be really useful things. In addition to like, I'm sure we can talk about some more like practical logistical ways to handle being overwhelmed but <laughs> but I think that these are like a really great way to address it from the inside out yeah totally um and I think like the order of things in the song is kind of important too it's like not like all right wake up and go on a run <laughs> <laughs> like that could feel so insurmountable if you haven't uh like stood up tall for a while or like thought like thought about your feelings in a while and it's like I'm not even ready to call a friend and catch up with them until I feel like I'm in a good place and sometimes in my life that's been a big pressure of like I am so extroverted and I love people so much and I feel like I'm letting people down when I don't reach out to them enough um and then I realized like, wow, I can't show up for anyone if I didn't show up for myself, which sounds so cliche, but I think it's very true. And also, I do feel like it's okay. Like, I, I think the like motivating impetus of like wanting to reach out to someone, like that can be helpful even if you're not in your prime state too. Because I feel like mm. sometimes people forget that like friends are there for you <laughs> not only when you're in your like prime confident situation but also like that it's okay to ask for help or like to be like hey I'm feeling bad can we just talk so that I'm talking to somebody like totally I think yeah that's a very good point yeah friends should be around at any point that you need a friend <laughs> not at any point friends should be constantly available just kidding <laughs> no but just to say like it's okay to reach out if you're not also in your like prime whatever even though I understand that like you're probably more likely to reach out if you're feeling right like solid to begin with totally and also that it's okay to not feel like you don't have to feel guilty when you do need to withdraw a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
I'm guessing that this person doesn't have very much time for friends. Mm. They seem stressed. And there was a part of the question that I took out uh, that had, it seems like maybe they have kids. Mm. Um, I only took it out because it was a long sentence and <laughs> I wasn't like editing the sentiment, but um, I could imagine that that would just, um, yeah, make they would have so many more things to think about and that the stressors would be like very tangible and like in your face and like finding alone time or like the time to like have that personal relationship with themselves would probably be even harder. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. This like this day of this girl in this song is a very privileged day (laughs) with (laughs) nothing to do except take care of yourself. Um, but also I know that is really hard for a lot of people to come by in this crazy, busy world where people have to be working like 50 hours a week and have kids and all these things. Um, but I also don't think it's talked about enough that like we all need to prioritize that if possible, like it's not selfish to carve out like an hour for yourself in your schedule. Sometimes it might be really hard to do that, but, um, but yeah, that's like not like a cultural norm for us. And I think that really is damaging. Yeah, I agree. This is making me think about um, calendars. <laughs> <laughs> like, and putting things in your calendar, like time for yourself. Like, yeah, putting in like, okay, I'm having a solo date for an hour on Thursday at 5 p.m. You know, whatever. Totally. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of years, like being self-employed mostly since college, it was really hard for me at first when people were like, yeah, can you, um, are you good for a violin lesson on Sunday morning? And I'd be like, yeah, cause I'm like, I can't lie. I don't have anything going on. I have to <laughs> schedule them. And my schedule was like super erratic and all over the place. And then I was finally like, oh, I can definitely have boundaries and tell people like, I don't teach on the weekends <laughs> or like after 7 p.m. or whatever. Um, and it feels like so empowering when someone's like, can you do this thing? And you're like, no, actually, no. I'm busy. <laughs> and you're like, um, yeah, busy doing nothing, hanging out <laughs> by myself, which is something. But <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what kind of stressors specifically this person's talking about, but I do think the boundaries could be an excellent thing as well. Mm-hmm. I love boundaries. Um, yeah. 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 It's hard to like, to not know exactly what the stressors are and to think that like, wow, yeah, they could be dealing with things that like I've never imagined dealing with or just like haven't haven't come up against yet in my life. And it's easy for me at age 26 to be like, <laughs> yeah, just go take a drive, call your friend and write in your journal. <laughs> I but, mean, okay, I do think that like those can all be like expanded upon like the yeah the stressors could be anything from like maybe they're taking maybe they're you know taking care of kids and they're taking care of their parents maybe they're like just talking about 
like societal stressors of like mm. crisis and like um racism or like you know any any number of things that are kind of more like long-term stressors systemic things totally um, and and I do feel like the advice is still solid to be like yeah talk to your friend like carve out time to try to like center yourself mm. in in regards to any of those things and like journal talk to your friends and in addition to like calling friends like coming up with ways to create support systems for yourself like if the stressor is something that's like really bureaucratic like they have to like I don't know maybe they're caretaking for a relative or something and to be like okay how can like who is on the team helping me with this like mm. are there ways of making this a group effort and not just something that you're responsible for um and yeah just making it yeah a, a yeah. group effort so it's not so you don't feel like everything is relying on you and if something happens to you and you're unable to do something then everything's gonna fall apart totally yeah this is such a like independent culture that's like just you can do it all yourself pull yourself up and then I see some people who are just like a beautiful example of like uh, like community who like have a baby and then their friends organize like a meal train for them and it goes on for several months and it's just like wow that is what I aspire to is to just like have that kind of community because I think community and support is like such definitely such a big part of mental health and feeling like you can handle things because historically like people weren't doing everything themselves people like lived in smaller communities and like helped watch each other's kids and helped like you know cook together and all that stuff yeah I feel like one of the ways that that has been interesting for me recently is like the way that money interacts with that and how like when I was living in a place that was where I had less community ties and also places that were more expensive I felt like money was a limiting factor in my ability to like have community because I didn't feel like mm. I could ask for things because they were things that could be monetized in other situations to be mm. like um and not not in any like serious ways but even just like okay it, are you gonna dog sit for your friend are they gonna pay you are you gonna babysit for some like what are the things that you could offer to somebody that's not like a money exchange thing but it's like a service and appreciation and friendship mm. thing like totally to kind of make that not the not the impetus for doing something that to not make money the impetus for doing something um and like now that i'm living in a smaller community uh people are just i'm it's it doesn't feel like I mean, you know, people have their own money struggles, but it's not, it doesn't feel like everything is monetized in the same way. Hmm. And yeah. so, and also like there are a lot more like church community structures here that like kind of act as um, mutual aid 
kind of vibe yeah. things um but then are also tied to religion um but those can be like really great resources for people who need help regardless yeah. of like your beliefs you know yeah totally that makes me think of like when my mom's father passed away we she became really good friends with this woman Katie who ran a CSA um and then Katie invited her to her Mennonite church which is where we grew up going and we were not a religious family but our like many of our best friends from the Lancaster community are from this like progressive Mennonite church that we went to and um so like in a time of grief a friend invited her to be part of this community and I think that they actually both were were grieving losses around the same time and they like helped each other a lot like uh, my mom would take uh, two of Katie's kids who were me and Lyle's my brother's ages and we would just like hang out as like two and five-year-olds like a couple days a week and um, I've been talking to my mom about that recently and sort of like getting the the full story and being like wow you really just like took her kids several days a week and she was like well yeah I was already like watching my own kids it didn't really make that much of a difference to just have two more (laughs) Um, but that's like it's so beautiful and I hope that I can like live up to that and have that sort of like community exchange in Mm -hmm. my life yeah yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I also, when I read the question, not knowing that maybe this person, like, I don't know, my, my first thought of, like, the stressors went to, like, what have been, like, my stressors. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of just, like, uh, like, future anxieties and, like, insurmountable stressors about, like, tasks and like things that you want to accomplish and you can't do all of them um and I I brought my calendar to show you in case you want to talk about calendars so that's all yeah show me (laughs) take it out (laughs) so it's not it's nothing crazy it's just a normal calendar but I've been drawing my own calendars for about a year and a half Ever since I I was like partway through making my album and then was like, oh, and now I need to make a Kickstarter and now I need to like finish my album and there's still so many steps and I was so overwhelmed as well as like also being like, okay, I'm still trying to like make money and like have a life and do a lot of things. Um, and, uh, you know, our friend Chuck Honnett, <laughs> we had a phone call just about like, you know, life and albums and stuff. And he was like, I suggest that you make a calendar like a few months out with everything you need to do. And so this, my uh, understanding of that was like, okay, I'm going to like draw out a month calendar because I don't like to buy things. And you know, it's really fun to draw it too because it feels like I'm accomplishing something just by drawing the calendar. <laughs> um, and then I take all my things on my to-do list 
and I put them on my calendar, but really like far in advance and things that like, if I didn't compartmentalize them and put them somewhere, I would be like, oh my gosh, I still need to record the vocals and the horns and the strings and it's like so overwhelming. When am I going to do it? But then I can just be like, okay, on the 15th, I'm okay. Now today I'm going to send an email to set up this person to come on the 15th. And like when there were so many moving parts of making an album, this calendar was like my saving grace, truly. Now you can see it's not as full. I just made my <laughs> one for November. <laughs> Amazing. And it's got um, like when I teach and today it says Sadie interview, <laughs> even though it's not November yet, it's the day before November. So, um, yeah. So I guess it's not that groundbreaking, but <laughs> I had always just used like a planner like in college and I didn't do that when I graduated anymore. Um, I still have like a running to-do list on my notes of my phone. That's like my daily to-do. And that's always fun. Like the night before the next day, I'm always like, okay, tomorrow. And I have like some things written out that I really need to do. Um, But it's like, you can triage stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, Like, and space it out. And space it out and break the big projects into like little manageable steps, which is easier said than done. And it can be hard to even start. But like that definitely like got me out of this rut of feeling like I couldn't even move, you know? That's great advice. Cool. The thing that I've been doing recently is that I have this little book because it, it's so cute. It's one of those decomposition books. They have really, Aww. I mean, yeah, don't buy things, but if you're going to buy something, <laughs> get one of these books. <laughs> Always um, buy journals. Yeah. And I just like keep a running list. I don't know if this would work for everybody because this does sound kind of overwhelming, but like day to day, I'll like keep a list of the tasks that I want to do. Like it, it is essentially a to-do list. I just make a to-do list, but I just keep it in this book. So it's not like all like individual pieces of paper. Like, you know, it's pretty yeah, totally all in one place. And I don't put any time on it, which maybe would be helpful to like, but like when I get too into organizing, my thought or like organizing events, then I spend all this time organizing and no time Mm. actually doing the things. Yeah. Totally. It's (laughs) It's a very nice way to procrastinate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just like write out the things that I want to do and then it's just really satisfying to cross it off. Um, and it ends up kind of being like for the week here are the things I want to do but I just like write down anytime I think of something that I should be doing I just like write it down and so then if I'm ever looking for something to do I'm like well let me just consult the book and see if I'm ready to do any of these things Mm. and that's um, nice that yeah that's like that reminds me of like what I do on the notes of my phone but it's just like on my notes yeah and uh I'd usually have like 
sort of the next week amount of tasks. And I often will like delete some and move them over to other days if I'm feeling overwhelmed. And do you ever do that? Or do you always keep your things on the same day? I mean, I don't have, I don't even barely write the date. Like it's just kind of like, I, I did this with a job that I had where I had, yeah, on my notes app, just like a very long list of things to do. Um, which again, I understand could be overwhelming for some people, but it was nice to just be like, okay, I'm just going to cross them out and not delete them. Cause I want to know that I did things totally uh, just like do the cross through yeah, thing. That's nice. Um, and, and then sometimes I never do some of the things on here and it's okay. Cause I'm just, I moved to another page, <laughs> mm. you know, I was just thinking, um, and I wonder if you have something like this in place for yourself, but the one thing that feels like it really makes my list and my calendar function is um boundaries for when I'm not doing work and like there was a time when I was like went on my email on like a Saturday night and something for my album like someone emailed me and I was like kind of getting stressed emailing them back it was like after I'd watched a movie it was like 11 p.m. (laughs) and I was like what this is horrible like I have this list for getting things done and I'm still like trying to do them on the weekend when I should be relaxing. So I was like, it's time to draw the line. And so now I basically like try as hard as I can to only do certain tasks at certain times of day. I even have a rule that like I'm not really allowed to clean my house during my work hours because I used to get overwhelmed and like sort of procrastinate by like doing the dishes and being like, Oh, I could like make it look a lot nicer (laughs) in here. And it wasted so much time. And now it's cool because instead of cleaning, feeling like another task, it's like I finish my work for the day. And then I'm like, Oh, now I get to unwind and like wipe down the counters (laughs) and like make, make some dinner. And It's actually like framed cleaning as like a relaxing thing, which is weird. (laughs) I mean, for me, I've always kind of felt cleaning was relaxing. Maybe that's why I (laughs) like to do it to procrastinate. (laughs) You didn't have to reprogram your mind too much. (laughs) Not too much. But with compartmentalizing when I was doing the things, it, it like was such a game changer. And also being like, no, I'm not gonna work on Sundays like sometimes I'll work on Saturdays I try not to do that either but um but by being like sorry you're not allowed to look at your list put it in the desk don't go on your email try not to even go on your phone and then like that day becomes a time when like I can like go for a walk and recharge um and I think when when I have so many tasks or when anyone has so many tasks, it feels like using all of your available time to do them is like the best option. But I don't know if that's really the case. It's like you have to take some of that time for yourself and then try to be really efficient with the time that you allot for the stuff. Yeah. I do feel like the things that are on my list, most of them are pretty fast to do. 
like because I'm breaking them down. Right. And so it's like once I actually get in the mode of doing them, I might finish everything on my list in like 30 minutes, you know, mm. but I, it's just like the anticipation of doing or of not doing it. Totally. Um, is the thing that builds up. And so then it's okay to be like, well, yeah, I'm done for the day. Like, I don't want to do anything else. And so, yeah, I think I'm not super organized because my time is very fluid and I don't have a ton of things on my schedule generally. Yeah. And so, and like, yeah, some people are very good at getting a lot done. I do things in like really like there might be like one day a week where I'm very productive and then the rest of the days I'm just like bouncing around. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, another thing that I have been kind of trying to do is like have different places where I do different things. So mm-hmm. like, mm, that's cool. If I know that I have an email that is going to be like something that I have to do something. And some of this is just like, well, I can't do something on my phone because I need to attach a PDF or I need to sign something or right. whatever. Then it's like, okay, that's a computer task. Um, I'll do that when I'm at my computer and having, and I, I, this is also like a luxury of having, you know, more than just a room or like having enough space that I can designate like different spaces for different things, but also, (laughs) yeah, to be like, okay, when I'm at my desk, that's when I do this thing. And like, it's been nice to be like, okay, when I'm sitting at my kitchen table, that's not really work vibes. You know, I'm Mm. just, that's for eating. That's for like, sitting with people, reading, maybe going on TikTok. And even that <laughs> is, I do it a lot, but it's not my ideal. Um, <laughs> and then to be like, okay. And the couch is like generally for sitting and relaxing, but sometimes it's okay to do work on the couch. If you're like, this is work on couch time. Mm, yes. <laughs> you know, but like. Must be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just like, if I read an email and it has something I need to do, I just mark it as unread and then do it later. Mm, I wish they had that for texts. Do they not? No. So that's, it's hard for me because someone will text me and then I'm like, I want to see what they said. But if I open it, then I have to reply right now or else it's going to get buried forever. Oh, It's, it's really, it's difficult for me. (laughs) Yeah. Text is kind of not ideal in that way. Literally, I put like (laughs) reply to texts on my to-do list because I like don't like texting at all. And it's so hard for me to do that. I actually have to make a task out of it. Yeah. I mean, not all the time. So I guess people should just reach you by email. Yeah, I'm a pretty good emailer. One time, (laughs) Joby and Liv and I made that music camp that you taught at yeah and they called me the email hawk because I (laughs) (laughs) I was the one who was in charge of our email and replying to people and I was like I love this and they were like you're crazy (laughs) I mean it's good for you for being a good email person that's a good good person to have on a team good person Mm -hmm. to be (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just I delete a lot of emails that helps yeah Hmm. yeah I guess that's another thing is like decide what is actually worth your time and things that you have to do and what is just like clogging it up and not actually something you need to do oh totally 
Actually, that makes me think, yeah, when I replied to your email initially, I think I was like, I think I could talk to you about this. I love to clear my schedule and cancel as many things as I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I anyone who knows me well knows that I my idea of like a perfect weekend is like zero plans. <laughs> But then I love to get invited to things and decide to do them like an hour before they happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's good to have options. <laughs> and sometimes I plan parties in advance and stuff. But yeah, it feels so empowering to like really be in charge of your schedule and not feel like every hour of every day is taken up by something. I guess this whole conversation is just maybe an ad for being like a self-employed non-parent <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a good life but it may not be able to last forever <laughs> yeah I'm like are any of these things like relatable to people that are not in our situation hmm. but yeah they are well actually yeah like I know some people personally who are very close to me who are parents and also self-employed and um, like I often see people around me who are just doing so many things and I'm like wow why don't they just like <laughs> stop <Not>. doing <laughs> like one of those things you know they don't even seem to like it that much and maybe they really like it and from my perspective it's different <laughs> Um, but I think that it's really like from my experience it's really hard to like stop doing things because you feel like you're like quitting something and um I don't know I think the truth is that like you don't have to do everything and like I think that's applicable to parents as well especially I see a lot of moms trying to take on literally everything and do so many roles and like or maybe I'm just speaking from experience but like my mom was like such a wizard and did all these things and so did all of like my friends moms growing up and I was just like wow how are they upholding this like impossible standard of like they're like working and they're being like a full-time mom and they're like I don't know exactly what the uh, solution is to that except that I think obviously both partners should equally take responsibility of kids and like domestic things and um, I think there's a lot of like subconscious stuff that makes um, certain people take on more domestic roles um, and just like do them without thinking um, and that could be anyone, but there are like, you know, societal standards and roles that impact people. And yeah, sometimes people don't even realize how much they're taking on that they could be splitting with someone else. Yeah. Delegation. Delegation. It's really hard. It's really hard to ask for help and to delegate things. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I see people like who are really good at it and I'm just like, wow, 
<laughs> well, and I feel like people who are good at delegation are good at doing, like they're good at getting things done because they recognize that like in a lot of situations, they don't have to be the one doing everything. And it does mm. require giving up a little bit of control, which I think is hard. Yeah. When you just said that, that's exactly what I thought. It is really hard to not want to be the one doing everything sometimes, depending on the type of person that you are. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, we're really getting <laughs> into it. <laughs> um, yes, relinquishing control. That's really hard. But everyone can do that in some areas. Well, not everyone. Some people can take on more, but this person probably doesn't need to take on more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if this person is a parent. I was just guessing based on something they said. Mm. But also they maybe were just a child at one point. What was the thing <laughs> that they said? Can you they share saying, it? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were saying can't go over it, can't go under it, can't go through it. And then they're like, like the children's song. Oh. Like the bear song. There's like a camp song. Yeah. It's like, can't right. go over it. Can't go around it. Can't go through it. Gotta totally. Go, or gotta go through it. And then you like oh, are running through I like see. dangerous I mean, grass or something. I would probably <laughs> like reference a children's song in my okay. life. So maybe so this person isn't they, a parent They could all. be not a parent. But cool. I think we covered our bases in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Have you ever had someone reach out after the podcast and be like, it was me? Yes. Really? It's so fun. Yeah. That's so fun. I know. I, yeah. And it's so funny to see like who it is. Like, because sometimes there are people I know and sometimes it's like so tangential and like. Wow. And that's so exciting to me because like to think that there are people that are listening to this enough to want to submit a question. Yeah. It's honestly, it's a like amazing idea. I love this podcast. I think it's so cool. <laughs> thank you. I love it as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your great advice and song. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. This was really fun. Good. Um, for people that want to learn more about you, what is the best way to find your music? Or um, your books. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. My, sh I, uh, my children's novels <laughs> <laughs> have not been published yet, but maybe someday. Um, so sign up for the mailing list for updates <laughs> on those. <laughs> um, you know, I have a website where you can buy my new album if you want. I'm on all the streaming platforms. I have an Instagram, which... I was pretty active on when I was releasing my album, but I like space from social media. So I'm not super active on there, but I post stuff sometimes. And yeah. Great. Those and are, can those are the places. you remind us how to spell your last name? Yeah, it is D-E-V as in Victor, I-T-R-Y. And technically, it's a little D, little E, space. Capital V, I-T-R-Y. Sweet. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, I hope that um, 
that the anonymous person enjoys the podcast. Me too. Cool. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Balladeer. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would so appreciate it if you would take a moment to make a little review or give it a bunch of stars on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Um, That would be really helpful. Also, if you know people who are complaining to you about going through life situations and needing help, um, have them write into Dear Balladeer because we just might choose their submission and cover it on an episode. Now, it seems also like an excellent time to remind you that the Dear Balladeer podcast does have a Patreon page, sort of. It is my personal musical creative endeavor Patreon page <laughs> called patreon.com slash sadiebgz. So if you would like to get the extended version of this podcast with extra time with all of our guests, head on over to patreon.com and become a subscriber. We would love to have you. Thank you for listening to the pod in any situation. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.